Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Monday, November 23rd edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be chatting today about a look at week 13 of the college football season. My power ratings adjustments, some box score notes from this past weekend, and taking a look at some of the games where my power ratings are off of the market. I do have a few things I want to talk about at the top of today's show as well. So we'll dive in here in a couple of minutes after I remind you about the ATS app over at ATS.io. You can also find that in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store. Probably easier to search against the spread in the Google Play Store as well as the Apple Store. There are some apps that are titled ATS in those. But if you search against the spread, you should find us. If you don't, head to ATS.io, click on ATS app at the top of the page, and then you can download it right from our website it'll send you the link to the play store app so then you'll be able to get it right from there also over at the website my updated college football power ratings we'll have opening line reports here in a little bit uh my college football situational tips and betting trends piece already updated for this week as well lots of rivalry games we'll be talking about that on the shows here this week and i also mentioned that in that article over at ats.io a uh, good promotion for Thursday night over at DraftKings Sportsbook for all users, not just new users. But if you don't have an account at DraftKings and you sign up through ATS.io, you can get up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus. Again, if you sign up through ATS.io. But on Thursday night, max bet 25 bucks, but it's a free $25 that you'll get if either team scores a touchdown in that Thursday night nightcap on Thanksgiving between the Ravens and the Steelers. Read about that over at ATS.io. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of other great sportsbook promotions to write up uh, as this week goes along here, as these different sports betting operators put together their offers for this week's action. And look, we're always covering a lot of stuff over at ATS.io. We encourage you to check that out. Real quickly here, before I dig into my college football stuff, recording this afternoon for Wednesday's show with Kyle Hunter, Recording tomorrow, our regular show with Brian Blessing, then recording Thursday's show with Brad Powers. So still releasing one show per day. Don't want to overwhelm you with two shows and a lot of content. So still going to release one show per day this week, Monday through Friday. Friday, I'll do the circus segment as normal. But uh, overall here for this week, regular shows Monday through Friday, but we are recording a little bit earlier with Kyle and with Brad. So Lines may move, stuff like that. We're going to talk more college basketball on the recording with Kyle Hunter. So that'll be more longer term content for you. But just want to give you that heads up here today on ATS Radio. All right, so taking a look at what's happening in college football. And look, there are a few things I want to mention here at the top of today's show before I talk about some of my power ratings adjustments, some box score nuggets, and some of the games where I'm off the market. One of the things I started thinking about here is that You know, right now, college football is probably the most difficult it has ever been to bet. 
we're seeing a lot of COVID protection lines out there, I think. For example, I have two really massive overlays this week. UAB against Southern Miss, uh, and then Miami of Ohio against Akron. And what I think is happening here is that UAB and Miami of Ohio teams that had some COVID issues, I think that the books are just trying to be really cognizant of the fact that they don't know exactly what the situations are for these teams. So I think what we're seeing is that teams that have well-publicized issues with COVID where they've had games canceled, their power ratings have been adjusted down significantly, either that or the sports books are just going to kind of wait and see where the market wants to put the number. So like, for example, UAB and Southern Miss here, I have UAB a 27-point favorite against Southern Miss in that game. And when you look at what's out there in the marketplace right now, this line is going up, but it was 16 and a half at the open. It's 18 or 18 and a half now. So it is moving towards my number. And I do obviously agree with that line move. But like I said, I think what we have taking place here is that these teams that have widespread COVID issues, their numbers have been adjusted quite significantly And that's not really something that I'm doing in my power ratings because, quite frankly, I don't know who has it and who doesn't. I don't know who's going to play and who isn't on Friday night. So more often than not, I'm probably just going to stay away from those games. But here in this one, I did play UAB at 17. Uh, Like I said, there were some 16 and a halfs out there last night. I have a 10-point overlay in that game. Miami of Ohio and Akron, I think, is a really interesting one. 14 is still widely available on this game with Miami of Ohio favored against Akron. My line in this game is 23, actually 23 and a half. So to me, when you start sort of breaking this situation down, you know, Miami, Ohio didn't play Ohio last week on Tuesday night. There were some COVID issues, I believe within both programs uh, for that one. But look, Akron was on the road at Ohio on November 10th. And Ohio was a 27 and a half point favorite last week in the Tuesday game that was canceled Miami of Ohio and Ohio, that line was a pick em. So how do we have this 13 and a half point adjustment in this Miami and Akron number when Miami and Ohio were a pick em the week, you know, back on November 10th. Now in fairness, Akron covered against Ohio, played really well. So, yeah, maybe Ohio's not a very good team. But still, we're talking about a 13.5-point adjustment in the number. And my line even reflects some semblance of an adjustment, given that my line is 23.5, and and I'm only off by 9.5 points on the market instead of something like 13.5. So I have made an adjustment. And my number is still way off on that game. It did play Miami of Ohio At 14, I had to play this one. I just absolutely had to. But I think that's something that we're seeing right now in the betting market is that I believe COVID-related concerns are leading to really big adjustments on some of these teams. So we don't necessarily know exactly what the COVID situation is, but what we perceive to be line value is in fact out there. And that's what I think makes this really, really challenging is that I've got some pretty big overlays this week. Those are the two biggest overlays that I have, uh, UAB and Miami of Ohio. But like I said, I think what we're seeing here is that we're seeing a lot of COVID overreaction, I would honestly call it. You know, I mean, we've seen a lot of games where lines have moved based on COVID. 
And, you know, it's kind of a 50-50 proposition in those. But that is something I wanted to bring your attention to here on today's show is that when COVID is present or when it has been the cause of game cancellations and postponements, I think its impact in the next scheduled game is being overvalued right now. So I don't know if Miami of Ohio is going to win and cover comfortably. I don't know if UAB is going to win and cover comfortably. But what I do know is that those two lines look wildly off to me. And the only explanation that I have is COVID because of what I just said that Miami of Ohio and Ohio was a pick'em game when Ohio was laying 27 and a half, you know, two weeks from tomorrow or two weeks ago from tomorrow. So to me, I think that is something that we're seeing a lot here in the marketplace. It is something that I kind of isolated in my article this week and something I wanted to make sure that I mentioned here on today's show. The other thing is that, and this is something that we can account for from a power rating standpoint, we are seeing COVID-related opt-outs. We are seeing some teams now where I do think we can firmly question their motivation. So those are factors. And, and there will be a lot of games that look like they have inflated lines, but there's a lot more going on below the surface, like questions about motivation where the market you know starts to set that number uh, or COVID opt-outs, injuries, something like that. So those are things that are very much happening. And it's very hard to stay on top of all of that news and information as these weeks go forward here. So I do think that this is the hardest time I've ever seen in my career betting college football. And, and my you know interest in betting goes back you know about 14 years now. And my you know position in this business goes back about a decade. So this is very unique to 2020, I think, but it also creates a very high variance very uncomfortable environment for betting, I think. So I am tre- I am treading very, very lightly here over the remaining weeks of the college football season. And in part, you know, part of that is because I have not done well over the last couple of weeks. And really just about every game we talked about on the show last week went against us. But again, I think that there's a lot at play here that, that we just don't really know, can't really account for. The markets aren't accurately accounting for either. So Again, I think as we go forward here, it is one of those things where you do need to tread lightly, a lot lightly than you normally would, as difficult as that is to do, because we think there are a lot of opportunities out there. Specifically, you know, the, the betting markets prey on high variance, and it is a pretty high variance environment right now, but I think the reasons why it's a high variance environment are going to cause me to play a lot fewer games than I normally would. Last point here, and I wrote about this in my power ratings piece over at ATS.io. I've got several teams here on what I'm calling a leper colony. Teams that I am not interested in playing in any context. It doesn't matter if I've got a big overlay or not. I am just not interested in playing those teams. That list of teams here on my leper colony, UMass, Bowling Green, Akron, Southern Miss, Utah State, Northern Illinois, Temple, Syracuse, Florida State, South Carolina, Michigan, and Penn State. Now, in fact, I do have some overlays against some of these teams like Akron, like Southern Miss. Um, So, you know, like uh, Florida State. Well, actually, Florida State's actually in a a really weird spot. I'll talk about that game in a little bit here. Uh, But these are teams where I don't care what my power ratings say. I'm not playing on any of them. I will go against them. If I think there's an opportunity to do that, but 
Penn State and Michigan actually play each other this week. Somebody could give me $100 and tell me to bet on that game, and I would decline it. I have no interest in betting Michigan and Penn State, especially after losing another bet on Penn State this past weekend. South Carolina, not a chance. You know, Luke Doty came in, gave them a little bit of a spark in the second half in their game against Missouri, but that's a program that's in complete shambles right now. They don't know which end is up. Uh, a good effort from them against Missouri, but you know, even this week against the Georgia offense that I don't think is good at all. And in fact, I've got a power ratings overlay on that game. My number is 15 and a half market now trending up. I'm seeing 21s out there in the global markets now. I still can't play South Carolina in that game, even though I've got an overlay uh, in that one with a Georgia offense that's just not particularly good. Although JT Daniels did play over the weekend and played very well, mind you, for the Bulldogs. So there's the reason for the adjustment in that game. But those teams that I mentioned, I don't care what my power ratings say, I'm not playing on them. Like I said, I will play against them, but I'm not playing on them. And, you know, I've always tried to operate under the idea and the pretense that you should never restrict yourself. You should never look at a game and say, I absolutely refuse to play this game. Because when you restrict yourself, you limit your number of opportunities. And sports betting is all about finding opportunities, finding games to play where you find an edge or you have some sort of perceived value or something like that. So generally speaking, I don't like to limit myself. But this year, with everything that's going on, with you know how I've been off from the market on some games, on some teams specifically, I think it's for the best. So I don't know if you want to follow that sort of motif or not, but you know, again, I would just recommend treading lightly here the rest of the way in this college football season. All right, so we'll talk about some of the power ratings adjustments that I have made here. And something that I realized as I was writing up my adjustments in my power ratings article is that, you know, late in the year, I find that I always have much bigger decreases, excuse me, than upgrades. You know, to me, it's one of those things where teams just start not living up to my expectations. And I do maybe downgrade them a little bit too much. And maybe that's the case here this week with Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State is one of those teams, and you will have these teams over the course of the year, where you just never accurately rate them. You're always chasing the power rating. And early on in the year, Oklahoma State was playing very, very well, and I was very low on their numbers. Then, as I upgraded them, they started falling off a little bit, and they just got waxed once again by Oklahoma here this past weekend. So I dropped Oklahoma State six points to be closer in line with the market and also because right now their quarterback play is abominable. I have no interest in betting on them. Uh, You know, the defense is still pretty decent for the most part, but they're a one-dimensional offense right now running the football and teams have adjusted to that. So they're not even having as much success on the ground as they did earlier on in the year. So Oklahoma State was a pretty big downgrade for me here for this week. Another big downgrade for me here is UMass. You know, UMass, look, I, I'm not playing on them anyway, so it's it's kind of irrelevant. It's almost nominal, to say the least. But, you know, UMass was getting 32 against Florida Atlantic last week, and Florida Atlantic is a team averaging 20 points per game. Oddly enough, of course, FAU winds up with 24 points, I believe, in that one against UMass, but I still lowered the Minutemen, dropped them five and a half points, 
And again, I'm not going to be on or against them more often than not, uh, but just you know, try to get my power ratings to be accurate, especially because now we start thinking about how we're setting up power ratings for next season. And obviously UMass clearly the worst team in FBS. Northern Illinois went down five points for me. Like I said, they're my, one of my leper colony teams. No interest in taking them. Temple also down five points here this week. They're on like their 12th string quarterback. They've had major injury issues. They started the year late because of COVID cases. Uh, Temple, not a team I want to play on at all, but a team I will go against if the opportunity presents itself. I don't think it does this week with Cincinnati off of that massive win against UCF, laying 35 and a half in Philadelphia against Temple. Southern Miss dropped them four and a half points. In fact, they played well last week, but I was off of the market number against UTSA. Market was what, eight and a half or nine in that game? I had that line two. It played closer to my expectation, uh, but I still had to adjust Southern Miss because I was so far off of the market uh, for that matchup. And if I hadn't adjusted Southern Miss, I'd still be five and a half points off of this week's UAB game instead of being nine or 10. I did upgrade Kent State. Upgraded Kent State four points. Not a great first half against Akron, but they made adjustments. Sean Lewis does a phenomenal job of doing that in the second half. And also this Kent State team, dating back to the second half of last season, they've been really good and they've gotten to the window a lot. So one of the reasons why I did move Kent State up four points is because I think perception will be quite high on this team as we go forward here because they've been covering numbers because they have been a very improved football team over the last calendar year. So I did bump Kent State up quite a bit, four points here in my power ratings. My line for their game against Buffalo is 11 and a half, seeing nine and a half, maybe a straight 10 out there in the marketplace for that Kent State versus Buffalo matchup. And by the way, the Mac now playing on Friday and Saturday instead of playing those weeknight games. Another adjustment here for me, In my power ratings this week, a couple of adjustments down. Syracuse minus four, they're a mess. Penn State minus four. I have paid my dues on Penn State this year. I have lost multiple Penn State bets. And again, their box scores have looked a lot better than their results have. That was not the case this weekend against Iowa. They just got beaten soundly in that game. Another four-point drop for me on Penn State, and I'm still not sure. I'm low enough on the Nittany Lions. Lastly here, Nebraska minus four. And this is what I did wrestle with for a little bit, but this is a team that absolutely positively cannot take care of the football right now. So they're a team that I actively want to play against because they're just giving up possessions. And even when they move the football, they're not finishing off their drives. They're throwing end zone interceptions and all of that. So Nebraska is not a team that I have any interest in playing right now. And in fact, I'm still a little bit cheap on their number against Iowa. I have it 12 and a half market showing 14 here, but still Nebraska, just not a team that I would have any interest in playing on here the rest of the way. As far as some other adjustments of teams that, you know, were not four points or more. I did drop Washington state three points because Jaden Delora has COVID, but now their game against Washington in the apple cup canceled for this week. So don't have to worry too much about that one. (laughs) excuse me, I did drop Georgia three points, even though JT Daniels came out and played so well. And in fact, maybe I shouldn't have done that based on what the market is doing here. But my Georgia numbers were off a little bit. I don't think they're that great of a football team. 
So I dropped them. But if Daniel or if uh, JT Daniels comes out and plays really well against South Carolina this weekend, I will bump them back up three points, if not more, as we go forward here. I dropped Ohio State three points. And, you know, for Ohio State, they've had issues in every one of the games that they've played. You know, I mean, against Penn State, yeah, they were pretty good. I mean, it's probably the best performance that they've had all year long. But Justin Fields, some uncharacteristic and very ugly turnovers in that game against Indiana. The pass defense in shambles. They gave up way too many big plays in that one. They can't really run the football all that effectively. Master Teague had a lot of yards on Saturday, but a lot of yards after contact. They don't open really big holes for him. He's not fast. A lot of flaws with this Ohio State team. So I did drop them down three points here for this week. A couple other teams I dropped three points. Utah, not a good performance against USC. A lot of turnovers for them. South Alabama, I dropped three points. I do like them in double-digit underdog roles, uh, but they really haven't played well of late here. Also dropped Troy three points. When you lose to Middle Tennessee State with your starting quarterback back, that's a real bad look. So Troy goes down three points for me. As far as some three-point upgrades here, I bumped Colorado up three points. Also Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Washington. I think Washington is a good place here to transition into some box score notes that I picked up from this past weekend. How about this one for Washington? And I think this is this is the exact reason why you need to look at box scores, why you need to look at the play-by-play, why you need to dig deep into these things. So Washington played Arizona over the weekend, and Arizona scored some points in the fourth quarter of that game to make things look better cosmetically over the first three quarters of that game, Arizona had 46 yards on 33 plays. Let me repeat that against the Washington defense this past weekend over the first three quarters of the game, Arizona had 46 yards on 33 plays. Now, they went into the fourth quarter trailing 37-0. In the fourth quarter, they had 32 plays for 301 yards, all touchdown drives. But again, that was the epitome of garbage time. So for Arizona, 32 plays, 301 yards on their last four drives. Over the first three quarters of that game, 46 yards on 33 plays. That is why you need to look at the box scores. Because if you look at that score, you look at that result, you look at total yards, stuff like that, you're going to go, oh, well, Arizona, they they kind of moved the ball okay. They scored some points. When the game mattered, they didn't do jack shit on offense. So that's why you've got to look at the box scores. Again, it was a 37-0 game when Arizona started moving the football. So it is very important to dig into the box scores because what that game tells me three things one Arizona's not good offensively two Washington's defense is good three be very careful laying big numbers against Washington because that could happen in the fourth quarter also too maybe Washington was just looking ahead to the apple cup they didn't know it was canceled at that point in time so you know uh for the Huskies here a very stout and impressive performance for three quarters don't let that garbage time quarter skew your perception 
of the Washington Huskies. All right, so now we'll go chronologically here, starting with the, the MAC games that we saw during the weeknights. Buffalo and Bowling Green was not as big of a runaway as it seemed. 470 to 399 in yardage, although Buffalo did move the ball quite extensively on the ground. Didn't really have to throw the football much, which is why the yards were pretty close. But Bowling Green had an interception in the end zone, missed a 33-yard field goal, turned it over on downs twice. Those are the things that bad teams do, and Bowling Green is a bad team. But you know, maybe they were a little bit better than that final result would suggest uh, in last week's game. How about Kent State here? 9.6 yards per play on Akron. They scored 69 points, 750 yards on 89 plays. But what really stood out to me here is that Akron only ran 56 offensive plays, had 35 points. Kudos to them for that. But they had 41 rushing attempts against 15 pass attempts in a game where they nearly got doubled up in points. So Akron cannot throw the football, and they know it. They've got to run the football to be effective. So what that means, maybe you take some unders with Akron going forward, despite the fact they just gave up 69 points. Uh, you know, Maybe you look for them to cover big numbers because they're going to run the football, try to run the clock, stuff like that. I don't know, but uh, again, very impressive performance from Kent State, particularly in the second half of that game. How about Caleb Ellaby, the quarterback for Western Michigan? 12 completions against Central Michigan, 12 completions for 382 yards and five touchdowns. Western Michigan averaged 31.8 yards per catch in that game. So they marched with big chunk plays in the passing game. Central Michigan, to their credit, they scored 44 points in that game as well. Central Michigan on the year, nine for 39 on third down, two for 21 on third down over the last two weeks. So, uh, you know, Central Michigan, they have to have early down success because they're not doing it on third down. Tulane only had 4.44 yards per play against Tulsa. And that was a game where Tulsa had that big fourth quarter comeback, one on a pick six in overtime. Strange game, but my takeaway was that Tulsa's defense played really well. Tulsa's offense was the problem. And in fact, quarterback Zach Smith got hurt in that game. Did drop Tulsa two and a half points in my power ratings for the quarterback injury, but their defense remains quite stout. Syracuse, 3.34 yards per play against Louisville. Syracuse only ran 41 plays in that game. They had three turnovers on their 41 plays. Louisville also had three turnovers, so they continue to have turnover issues, but they had the football for almost 42 minutes in that game. So Louisville ran 79 plays to 41 for Syracuse, and Syracuse did not move the football very well at all when they had it. Purdue, 7.2 yards per play against Minnesota. Golden Gophers with 6.3. So Minnesota's offense, a little bit better. They're starting to make some adjustments, but their defense continues to be really bad. Uh, Minnesota... Quite frankly, I could probably put Minnesota on that list of teams that I'm not touching right now, uh, despite that win that they had on Friday night last week. UMass had 2.6 yards per play against FAU. FAU has a very good defense, but also UMass, just a deplorable offensive effort for them. New Mexico against Air Force. New Mexico only 4.53 yards per play, and that's not surprising because it's New Mexico, but it's surprising because they only had 42 pass or because they had 42 pass attempts in that game. So they threw the football, still couldn't move it. 
Uh, New Mexico, just not a good offensive team. Defensively, they look a little bit better with Rocky Long and Danny Gonzalez. So unders, probably the way to look here with the Lobos as we go forward. Another reason to look at box scores. I talked about that Arizona-Washington game and the big stats that I pulled out of that one. 4.3 yards per play for Central Florida against Cincinnati. UCF ran 84 plays in almost 23 minutes with the football, but that game should not have been close. Cincinnati had field goals from the 26 and the 22. They fumbled on the UCF one-yard line. They fumbled a punt return that led to a UCF touchdown. Cincinnati had six yards per play in that game. UCF really struggled to move the football. And in fact, I will tell you, when I looked at that, and I looked at that box score, and I saw the 4.3 or 4. Point, was it 4.33 yards per play? 4.3 yards per play for Central Florida. When I looked at this box score and I saw that, I swear to you, I ran the math like six times. I was like, there is no way in hell that that is accurate. I just ran it again. 359 yards on 84 plays for Central Florida. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I was blown away. So Cincinnati wins that game by three. And we all think, okay, that was a really close game. The fact of the matter is, it was not. Cincinnati was the team that left points on the field. And I know UCF covered, and credit to them for that. But I bumped Cincinnati up three points in my power ratings off of that performance. May not even be high enough. But Cincinnati held UCF to 4.3 yards per play. That is a stunningly impressive defensive performance against a very good UCF offense. Cincinnati is legit. Now, I don't know if they get in the college football playoff, and if they do, they'll run into Alabama, and that's going to be a very hard game for them. But that Bearcats team is damn good, and Luke Fickle, even though that score was close, Luke Fickle made himself several million dollars beating UCF in that game. Because when coaches look at the box score, when they look at the performance, the actual gameplay itself, when athletic directors look at that, They will be blown away by what Cincinnati did defensively in that game. Very, very impressive performance for them. Coastal Carolina, 6.7 yards per play against App State. App State, 5.5. App State just had the football longer. 21 more offensive plays than Coastal. Coastal was really good in that game. I know the pick six covered for them uh, and all of that, but uh, they were really good in that game. They, They deserved that game, and I did bump them in my power ratings once again here for this week. Wisconsin and Northwestern, a game that set offense back 20 years. Wisconsin, 4.55 yards per play. Northwestern, 3.87. Northwestern's defense is legit. The offense appears to be legitimately bad, too. So a very tough team to power rate, I think, the Northwestern Wildcats. Oregon, outgained by UCLA, 462 to 422. Defensive score for each team, UCLA without Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Oregon's just not great, I don't think. And that was a line that did move when the DTR news came out. Somebody got some inside info. Line moved a second time when it went public. Uh, Oregon's just not a great team. Not very impressed with their performance against UCLA this past weekend. Georgia, 23 carries for eight yards. 23 carries for eight yards against Mississippi State. But JT Daniels, 28 of 38 for 401 and four touchdowns. 
I don't know what took so long to make that move in Athens, but JT Daniels with a big performance there against Mississippi State. We'll see what he does here against South Carolina. Domination in Bedlam. Oklahoma State, 3.62 yards per play. Oklahoma, 7.2. That game was as much of a route as it looked. Same thing with Kansas State and Iowa State. Uh, Kansas State, only 47 offensive plays, 3.2 yards per play. Iowa State, 7.8 yards per play. And I knew I was dead in the water in that game when that line didn't move. Somebody out there with influence never touched that game on the Kansas State side. I knew I was dead in the water when that didn't happen. And in fact, turns out that I absolutely was. Like I said, sometimes it's the line movement that doesn't happen that says more than the line movement that does. How about NC State? What a defensive performance from Dave Doran's squad. Liberty, 3.99 yards per play, under four yards per play for that Liberty offense. They still had a chance to win the game, which shows you how good of a head coach Hugh Freeze is. Uh, But NC State really suffocating that Liberty offense. Uh, Liberty should, you know, bounce back here this week, I would think, uh, because they definitely stepped down in class rather significantly, to say the least here, because they play UMass, and I've got them a 44-point favorite in that game. How about eight yards per play for Texas State? They ran 63 plays in 22-23. Arkansas State outgained Texas State by 149 yards, but they ran 27 more plays than the Bobcats. Very up-tempo game there in that one between Texas State and Arkansas State. How about this one? Again, another reason to look at box scores. So Arkansas loses by three, 27-24 to LSU. Arkansas outgained LSU 443 to 419, even though LSU ran 38 more plays. LSU ran 91 plays to Arkansas's 53. Arkansas still outgained LSU in that one. Arkansas was 0 for 10 on third down. LSU was 12 for 23. That was the big difference there. LSU blocked a field goal to avoid overtime, but an impressive performance offensively again for Arkansas. They have defensive issues. There's no doubt about that, but they had nine yards per play against Florida in that game two weeks ago. They outgain LSU here, even though LSU ran 38 more plays. Arkansas's offense is legit with Kendall Bryles. The defense, though, does have some issues to say the least. Western Kentucky had 38 points with just 278 offensive yards, and they were one of 11 on third down. They had a strip six and a pick six on back-to-back plays in the third quarter. So that helped Western Kentucky's performance look a lot better than it actually was. Uh, Iowa and Penn State, neither team great offensively, both teams under five yards per play. Penn State minus three in turnover margin, had two turnovers on downs, threw a pick six. Uh, Penn State, just all sorts of issues for them. How about Oregon State here? They outgained, they were outgained 369 to three, or 439, excuse me, to 360. But the Beavers, seven yards per play. Cal ran 30 more plays in that one. So again, you want to look at a yards per play standpoint, as opposed to just looking at total yardage numbers. And stuff like that. So lots of box score nuggets here on today's show. We'll finish up with some games where I am off the market a little bit and some games that I am interested in playing here. I'm off market on Colorado State and Air Force. And this is one that has come down 
early in the betting process here on Monday morning. In fact, this was starting a little bit on Sunday night. I have this one virtually a pick em. I've got Air Force minus a half a point. This one was six and a half, as I said, now down to six. Look, Air Force was laying eight against New Mexico last week. And that was the line that was, you know, opened at seven, got bet to 10, kind of bounced around a little bit. I don't think Colorado State and New Mexico are a point and a half or two points off on a neutral field. This line was too high. And I don't know if it's because Colorado State didn't play last week. Again, that COVID inflation, stuff like that. But I think Colorado State with Steve Adazio, who's seen the option a lot, I think the Rams are a good play here. Find a six, get it quick, because they are going away here uh, as we get into the betting process. Like I said, Southern Miss UAB, uh, I've got UAB a much larger favorite. Did play that one at 17. It's now up to 18 in the betting markets. Georgia Southern and Georgia State. This one is moving against my number here. And I don't really know why. Uh, Maybe it's because Georgia Southern's played well the last two years. I don't know. I have Georgia State a a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Market showing Georgia Southern now a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So this one is moving against my number, which is, you know, always concerning for me. But I like Georgia State here. So, you know, look, I've got an overlay. I think wrong team is favored now in this spot. I will take a piece of Georgia State, and I will also take a piece of the money line as more books post those prices. I am going to wait and see how lo- see, much, see how much higher this line does go, but I will be on Georgia State here in that matchup. Another one where I've got an overlay here, and this one's starting to move towards my number as well, so you might want to get on this one early. I've got Charlotte a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Western Kentucky. Market now up to two in this one. Going through some key numbers, three, four, six area, uh, I think Charlotte's a very good team. I think Charlotte was the right ma- was the right play last week against Marshall. That was a line that did move down um, right before that game was or not, actually moved up a little bit uh, before that game was canceled due to COVID. But I like Charlotte here uh, again. Another team where COVID is an issue, so the line comes out a little bit cheap. I like Charlotte against Western Kentucky. I've got it six and a half market now, actually up to two and a half as I'm talking here on today's show. Rutgers and Purdue this one also moving against my number here maybe people expecting a letdown from Rutgers off of that near miss against Michigan uh but I have this one six and a half market showing 12 and a half 13 now uh, I just I don't get it I think that line is too high I don't think Purdue is a great team I don't think Purdue is a great front running team uh Purdue probably should have won last week I, I do believe that to be true uh but I just don't think Purdue is that great to be laying these really significant numbers I guess the Rutgers team that is obviously very, very much improved here for this season. I already talked about Miami, Ohio and Akron. And again, like I said, I don't know how this number is 14 when Akron was a 27 and a half point dog to Ohio a few weeks ago and Miami, Ohio and Ohio was a pick em game. I don't get it. Like the market has overreacted here to Miami, of Ohio's COVID issues. Uh, Miami of Ohio is very much the play for me in that one. Kansas state Baylor. Now, I lowered Kansas State here this week, and I still have this line, Kansas State, plus one and a half, market showing five. I don't think Baylor is very good. I think Kansas State is still a decent team despite last week's ghastly performance. Uh, That's one that I'm definitely keeping an eye on here where I have not jumped in on Kansas State yet, but I think there is a good chance that I do that as this week goes along. And finally, my favorite power ratings play here of the week outside of Miami of Ohio is Old Miss. 
Ole Miss, you could find minus 10 out there in the market against Mississippi State for Saturday's Egg Bowl. I have it 16. And I think there is nothing more that Lane Kiffin would enjoy than blowing out the, the program's rival when Mississippi State has all sorts of issues. I know that Ole Miss's defense is not particularly great, but Mississippi State's offense is not good either. And Ole Miss's offense is fantastic. And we just saw from what Georgia did, you can throw on Mississippi State's defense. I think Ole Miss can name the score here in this one. I really like them as a 10-point favorite. My number is 16, favorite play of the week here for me. But as I said, you got to tread lightly here with everything going on in college football right now with the odd pricing of these COVID situations and stuff like that in the marketplace. I get tread lightly. There are some games I played here for this week. Like I said, UAB, Miami of Ohio, uh, Ole Miss, I took a 10 already. There are some games I have played, but by and large, on the whole, I'm going to tread very, very lightly this week and as we go forward here with the remainder of the college football season. Tuesday, we'll chat with Brian Blessing about the NFL. Wednesday, college football and college basketball with Kyle Hunter. Thursday, college football and the NFL with Brad Powers. Friday, Circus Sports Million Picks for my ATS.io-2 entry. Two and two right now, Rams pending for Monday Night Football. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again tomorrow. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.